0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Onecast with Ben Pete and Trey. We're going to break down the National Professional Fishing League, so stay tuned.
1: That's a good one. That's
2: a good. One. Oh my god, it's a tow, son. It. Nah. It's a f- <laughs> tow, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. Feel like it's going to be a bad day.
0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us. This is Trey here with the Onecast and I'm joined with uh Ben. And Pete, over here to my left, probably to your right, hey guys, how are you doing today? Good.
2: Good? Yeah, doing well. How about you, Ben? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. You want to know why? Yeah. I'm not fishing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we were just
0: talking about that. It's extremely cold out here in North Carolina, but we wanted to take this time to break down the National Professional Fishing League. I know in the last couple episodes, we talked about some of the rules changes going on within the national level events. We talked about what we'd add and what we'd take away to some of those tour-level events. But this time, we're going to break down the National Professional Fishing League. And, hey, in my opinion, I think they got something great going on here. What do you
2: guys think? They are stepping up their game. If you haven't heard, right, they now have a $100,000 purse, well, $100,000 prize to the winner of each of their events. Their championship will be $250,000. They're paying, what, down to 40 places? Yeah, I believe so. And I think the application, well, as of recording, it's still open. Yeah. Uh, yep. So if, if you want to get in on that, the other the other big change they made, too, is they dropped the entry fees down to like $5,200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's is that right. right. Yeah. So that's just over maybe 33000 a year. So they dropped the entry fees, raised the actual uh, prizes, and they've got some great lakes. they got some sticks over there, and I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Pete?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's exciting, man. $100,000, so you're competing with... Uh with Bass Pro and uh, and uh, the Elites for payouts now, uh, fishing some different bodies of water that, that they don't go to, which is cool. Obviously, there's a few that cross over, but, yeah, it's, uh, what is today, December 18th or 19th, so uh, if you're listening to this, check the website. They may still be taking applications, like you said, as of right now, they are. Uh, if you're looking to to step up and uh, you have some money to invest in yourself and you, you think you can compete, thirty two thousand dollar investment could turn into a you know a hundred grand
2: it i tried telling the wife i'm just gonna leave one cast behind i'm gonna take my money and go fishing in pfl but i wasn't allow that that's not what's gonna happen <laughs> so one cast is
0: gonna sponsor uh sponsor us and then uh, we'll go fishing and speaking of one cast ben why don't you talk to them real quick about one cast
2: yeah so this the this podcast this forum here is presented by one cast fishing so, if you want to join the snagless revolution, what we did is we took your traditional jig, but we added an EWG offset hook to it. So, no more weed guards, no more exposed hooks. You can rig your plastics weed lifts. We call them snagless because you get snagged up a whole lot less with them. We can all attest to that personally up here, in, in, as well as English across the country. So, if you want to join the snagless revolution, go to onecastvation.com, use the code the onecast at checkout. You'll save 10% and uh, you'll go catch some big ones.
0: Awesome, Ben. Appreciate that. And I know Pete and I have been fishing the Snaggless Jig, so we're definitely pleased with it. And we've been getting a lot of great reviews across the board. So let's break down the National Professional Fishing League. And what I would like to consider, this really is the the working man's, working person's fishing league, right? The way that they have this set up, this is their third season, right? And they, mm-hmm. they ran into some of those road bumps along the way, but Every business runs into hurdles and, and road bumps and stuff like yeah. that. But what I think they have going on here is pretty fantastic. Um, one of the things I want to mention is how spread out their tournament circuit is. Uh, and, and I really think that speaks to to meeting the, the demands of the anglers who have full-time um, employment outside of the fishing industry, right? So last year they they didn't have a championship event this year, they do. We're gonna break down some of the numbers real quick, like Ben and Pete talked about. fifty two hundred dollars entry fees, no entry fee championship, which is still to be determined where that's going to be located. One hundred and thirty anglers who get to fish all three days of the event. It's a drive through weigh-in, which is really cool. I like that format. Um, it makes for good TV and uh, it keeps the fish in the boat until uh, till they get to the scales. They don't have any co-anglers on their tours, and they do have live coverage. And if you look at their YouTube channel, they they put the almost the entire tournament on YouTube, which if you like watching fishing um, like I do, it's a great opportunity, especially uh, if you're, I guess if you're a fair weather fisherman, uh, you sit back, relax, um, and drink a cold beverage and, and watch that fishing league. So, Pretty cool uh, tournament circuit they got there. Um, I think there's going to be some good things to come. Let's break down their their 2023 season. Pete, you want to hit it off on where they're going to start?
2: Before we get started, I oh. I actually, actually want to mention one thing, Trey. You you mentioned the Working Man tournament, and um, I think that's it's the most working man tournament you're going to get of, of like the major levels. Yes, we know it's expensive to get into it still, but I I think the big point of this is that the events are there's only six of them. So those last, and they're extremely spread out so that you have one event that's basically a month apart between each mm-hmm. other, but the rest of them are usually six weeks, two months apart. So you have the ability to to go home, spend time with your families. If, if you have your own, you know, if you work, you know, if you have your own business or whatever you do for work, you can knock that out. Uh, so it gives more flexibility for, for, um, mm-hmm. for the anglers that way. So I just wanted to mention that, that we also understand it's expensive, but if you're serious about fishing and you want a hundred thousand dollar payout, you're going to have to. You know pony up a little bit, but it is spread out, so it gives anglers yep. the opportunity to. Yep. And if you look
1: at the field, there's a lot of self-employed guys mm-hmm. and business owners that do fish it that that would have to sacrifice their business life for or you know their way of life to to potentially try to chase some of the other tours so
0: yeah absolutely.
1: yeah, so they're starting off in March, second through fourth, uh, going to a lake that a, a national level event like this hasn't been to in a long time. Lake Amistad, Texas.
2: Biggins. That is going to be a slug fest. I'm not super familiar with the lake, other than I've seen videos of them catching toads down there. But, you know, being that deep in Texas, I don't know when the spawn's going to happen down there. Obviously, we all know Florida, the spawn can happen anywhere between December, March, sometimes April, depending on weather. I assume it's not necessarily that uh, you know, unpredictable. Uh, down there, just based upon geography. But I don't know if that would be peak spawn, post spawn. I don't know how that's going to turn out and the weather is going to do it to it. whether it's going to, you know, it's all situational, fissuational. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. it'll be. Did a, you just
1: make that up? fish Yeah. I like it. It's I mean, a long trip down there for those guys, too. Yeah.
0: That's true. That's true. I, I I don't know a lot about Amistad. I did pull a fun fact about that lake. Mm -hmm. Um, At least what I could find is the lake record bass was caught in 2005, and it was over 15 and a half pounds for a largemouth, or black bass is what they call them. So I think you're going to get both. I think you're going to get maybe some spawners. I think you're definitely going to get some post spawners down there uh, in that part of Texas. But it's just like any other national-level event. Usually a lot of them start in Florida, and they have, like, first two – two tournaments in Florida, MPFL has their first two tournaments in Texas. So what are your thoughts on Amistad, Pete?
1: I I don't know that the weights are going to be as high as we hope they're going to be. um, That that lake, like Fork and the other Texas lakes is very up and down depending on water levels and things like that. Uh, I got the opportunity to talk to to John Cruz on Friday for quite a bit at an event. And, uh, you know, he talked about when Bass went there the first time. Uh, he was talking about his first day of practice, and he was just rigging. So he rigged up, and he was just going to throw a Cinco around to see what he would get. Um, and he's like, I wasn't even near a brush pile or anything, and I, I rigged the Senko up, and uh, I dropped it literally at the side of the boat just to see how it looked in the water. He goes, and I let it fall, gave it a little twitch, and was like, man, that looks great, and he said a three pounder come from out of nowhere and just ate it and he's like i wasn't even on structure and it was just an absolute hammer fest that first time they went down there but they went a few years and and weight started to fall yeah um, so
2: you never know it, you have to keep in mind too with the npfl it is only a three-day event yeah so if you look at
1: local tournaments the weights aren't huge they're still catching good fish it's going to be a ton of fun mm-hmm. uh but i it's not going to be what we remembered when we saw the elites and stuff fishing there, where that was, you know, a century belt over four days plus. But there are going to be some good fish caught. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to see them go back down there. Yeah. Like I said, it's a long way. It's pretty much on the, the border of Mexico, if I remember correctly, down there towards Falcon and stuff. So it's yeah.
2: way down there. Yeah.
1: It's a long trek, especially with the MPFL. Their anglers are pretty spread out from Michigan, Ohio, New York, you know, through the traditional southern. That's called traditional southern fishing states, where we see a lot of like the elite anglers yeah. and stuff settle. So, long trip for those guys to go out there and practice for a few days before, and then fish a three day event. So, it'll be interesting.
0: I know I'm going to be watching it. It's a new lake. We haven't seen live coverage on that lake. I I don't know if I've ever seen live coverage on that lake, but uh, it'll it'll be pretty, pretty
2: interesting. Depending on what they do, it may end up on my bucket list. It could one of these days. I, you know, we we're talking about the NPFL earlier. You know, about how the Man's house spread it out. This is this is the the once. Actually, take that back. That's the next two events. But uh, we we just jump into event number two, which is also in Texas, which is about six weeks after the mm-hmm. first one, and that's at uh, Wright Patman, uh, and that's April twentieth to twenty second. So they were there last year. They right? were year
1: before, first year. They didn't fish it last year. Oh no! No no! They fish it the first year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we look we looked it up. They fished it the first year, they went uh somewhere else last year, and now they're going back to right Patman. Is that a muddy water lake? Man, I, I'm not gonna to claim to know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I <laughs> saw Keith Carson uh fishing right Patman. I'm I'm pretty sure I feel like
1: it's a stained lake. Was here. it
0: a buck brush lake? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So if it sets up and the lake is high. I mean, you can definitely assure that people are going to be getting on that flipping bite down there, but I don't know how much uh, forward-facing sonar is going to play a role in uh, in in Lake Amistad or Wright Patman. But if it does, I, th-
1: I think they were close to sixty pounds last time they fished right Patman over three days for the wind. So that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fifty-three to it. sixty somewhere in there. So it's not it's not going to be bad bags. Yeah,
2: it, it just it just depends on the weather and how it sets up that time of year. I, I know it's kind of mid to late April, that's like prime spawn for us here in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So down there, it should be post-spawn, and and we know how it is, right? Sometimes they get up in the, you know, especially the water side, like you mentioned, they get up in the brush and all, you can fish shallow, but sometimes they pull out quick. Yeah, And, uh, you, know, you know, as we get later in the year, you know, we start looking, and it just goes for all the tours, we start looking at tournaments in May, June, July, August. Typically, we can predict based upon where they're at where they're going to be an offshore shallow but these early events you just never know sometimes
1: no yeah it could be everything i mean you look at amistad the beginning of march you could you could potentially have fish in all three phases
2: oh you will i guarantee i mean you can fish you can fish offshore during the spawn anywhere in the country and catch fish but there's... i think it's
1: fair to say though right pattern is going to be postponed end of april yeah. Yeah. yeah unless some crazy cold winter hits texas i know they're getting a little bit of cold weather but and not- be, they should be spawned out and post-spawned by then.
0: And for any of the viewers or any of the listeners, if you have um, history on Amistad or, or Wright-Patman, drop a comment or, or shoot us a message or something like that. We're interested to know because we're up here in the Carolinas. I haven't fished down there. I don't know if any of you guys fished no, down in the Texas region. Just, I've heard great things about Choke Canyon. I've heard great things about Amistad, obviously Lake Fork, Staple Lake. But that is kind of cool that they're going to Amistad, a place that doesn't really get touched too much from the national level. They're going back to uh, Wright-Patman. So two Texas lakes that aren't Lake Fork. So I think that's going to be Pretty exciting. And then they move on uh, another month in between those, which they're coming up to our neck of the woods.
1: Yep, Santee.
0: Santee, Lake which, Marion, It right? makes
1: sense that the short short breaks in their schedule is the beginning of the year. Yeah. You're trying to hit those those largemouth
2: before the water gets hot. So that is – that's 25, 27 May. That's – I don't have a calendar in front of me. That's either Memorial Day weekend or, like, the weekend – right before or after depends on how the calendar falls so i don't
1: think they would do more it's probably the weekend before or the weekend after yeah
2: i'd have to look at the calendar to see how what day memorial day is on but what is interesting with that because we know in the carolinas that period that that heat wave switches on Mm -hmm. right about that time and in the the elites did go to santee last year and there were two century belts Mm -hmm. uh, out of the elites i think um 105 pounds was the top Mm-hmm. Um, for Santee, but that but that was during the spawn. They were catching spawning fish. Santee is interesting uh, because there's a lot of right. It's a dangerous lake because it's really wide. There's a lot of stumps, especially on the northern end. You can tear up your lower unit. But there's a lot of offshore fishing too. with all the all the humps and structure and brush piles, that's been, you know, that's all over the the two lakes down there. So it will be interesting to see what they do in May. I predict offshore post spawn. Yeah, for the hundred percent. I think I think
0: they're going to be chewing. They're they're going to be hungry. You're going to get some sacks uh, at Santee over a three day period with 130 anglers. All three days, you're going to get some some biggins. Um,
2: You think we'll see 90 pounds in three
1: days? I think we'll see 80 pounds.
2: Yeah. So okay, that's 25 pounds a day. That 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 equals a century belt. I think we'd see 80 pounds. Yeah, I could see 80 pounds for sure. Ninety, if it was spawn,
1: absolutely. But post spawn, offshore fish are a little skinnier. How yeah. awesome
2: would that be to catch thirty pounds three days straight? Yeah. Well, it'd
0: I mean, awesome. I've never done it, so <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fantastic yeah. if if one of us were to do it. But I think uh, if if Keith Carson is still in the field, which I think he is, I think he's going to be someone to look out for on that event. It fits his style. It's that flipping. You know, cypress trees, yeah, they don't have a lot of those in Florida, but it's it's a, it can be a shallow water game. Um, any point in time is Santee, we don't know what the weather is going to hold. But another fun fact, Santee Cooper, 1949, over a 16-pound largemouth were pulled out of that lake. I don't think we're going to see that again, but if we do, that's going to make national news, hopefully international
1: news. There's some big so, ones. There's some big ones down well, there. I'm th-
2: pretty sure a double digit was caught with the elites last year.
1: Yeah, I think they had a 10.
2: Yeah. Ten
1: plus, and ten eleven. Something. Anything
0: five or over is respectable. So, <laughs> but I think you're going to see some big sacks come out of Santee. Um, and heck, I, I think I think I might drive down there for that for that weigh in. You know, we be, should
2: maybe we should plan on doing like setting up a podcast down there.
0: That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Should we set up a podcast down there at Santee Cooper? We're not going to drive all the way down to Texas, but uh, Santee's right in our back door. Yeah,
2: it's so. about three or four hours from us. So, I you know. Last year we the plan was, but we didn't get to because of getting ready, to, you know, producing product and going to ICAST and all, and, and launching the Snagglish jigs. But the plan was, and maybe we can do this this year, is that we can watch the live event over the tournament weekend, and then that Monday we can go out there and find those hot spots and yeah, get on them.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? You're talking about stealing all their stealing all their spots?
2: Uh, absolutely
0: it's public fishing water there's no such thing as theft <laughs> yeah, there's
1: no absolutely. Secrets fishing.
0: <laughs> so then they uh they go from south carolina they make a big jump up north though and then they move to uh to gary atkins uh, neck of the woods two months
1: off between
0: two months off and then they jump up to uh to mine and pete's neck of the woods fishing saginaw bay michigan and if i'm not mistaken that is going to be both a largemouth and smallmouth event Hmm. Um, I think we saw uh, John Suckup in the in the uh, in the reeds, flipping basically onto the land and, and catching largemouth. and we saw uh, Gary Atkins offshore smashing I the think, smallies.
1: Is that the one Scott Siller one? He was all offshore.
2: Yeah, Scott long-ish. Siller. Yep. And they're going earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah, by uh, almost two, I think it's about two weeks.
2: So they sh- they should definitely be. A, I, th- I would think a greater mixture involved. Yeah, uh, I don't know how
1: Suckup was catching those fishy cut. I mean, he literally had to be flipping into like an inch and a half of water. He
0: was, he was. If you saw him on live, or if you if you watched the the recap on YouTube, I mean, he literally had his uh, his aluminum boat, his Express, buried in the in the reeds, and he was just punching right through those things and, and catching largies. So it was, was pretty cool.
1: Aaron Martin started that. If Did you he remember? Yeah, he called it birding. Birding. Yeah. So his theory little history here was you know all those red-winged blackbirds birds and things would nest in the reeds yeah so those baby birds had to fall into the water oh so he would he started that all pulling up to the edge of those reeds and then he would throw like a three-quarter ounce flipping weight with a black creature bait onto it into the reeds and basically just listen and he'd hit the water and you'd hear and he'd set the hook and you're not even fighting him through water he was just horsing him out with who knows what pound braid he was using, but he would just drag them through the top of the reeds to the boat.
0: You know, that's interesting. Like, being from that area, I never thought about the red-winged blackbirds, like, nesting in in those reeds and those cattails and stuff like that. But that makes sense. Like, I don't see them down here. Do you guys see them down here?
1: There are a few, but not like them yeah. up north. But, yeah, if you if you look it up on uh, – he has video. there's videos of him and that on YouTube, rest his soul. We lost him last year. But, mm-hmm. man, the stuff that guy would think of – And that that was one of them. He called it birding, and that was his exact. He said, these birds are in here nesting. The babies have to fall out, and the bass will eat them. And uh, he caught caught a sack in a tournament doing that.
2: Man, looks like we need to make some bird baits.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) What are your
0: thoughts on one-cast bird
1: baits?
0: (laughs) So Saginaw Bay, Michigan, and then they take about a little over a month off, and then they move into, which I think is cool how the MPFL does this, they're rolling into the fall. Right. They're rolling their, uh, their tournament uh, circuit in the fall. And they move, they go from Michigan back down, uh, I guess that would be Southwest, right? Uh, you follow yeah, you Oklahoma, follow. right? And they're there the 28th through the 30th of September. So I don't know how Oklahoma is during September, but I know fishing in the Carolinas is, is questionable uh, during the, the, the fall transition and, and the lake turnovers. But you follow Oklahoma. Did they fish that last year?
2: Uh, one of one of the uh, tours did, I believe. Okay. Well, one of them fished follow. I don't remember if it was the Alabama one or the Oklahoma. Confuses but, me. But yeah. but you're right. Uh, as you know, late September, early October. You know, I have fished in the Midwest, in the Ozarks regions, which is probably the closest any of you all have fished to to that in Oklahoma. So that time of year, very similar. You're gonna have the fall transition. Who knows yeah right. that one's I, I personally hate fall fishing it's my worst time of year and, and my theory on it is that the fish can be anywhere especially if there's a thermal they high really in the can. lake and right they disappear unlike the spring there's no biological need to go shallow so if there's bait out deep they could be anywhere on the lake that's just
1: thing in the fall like the bait gets so spread out that yeah. you don't get those big wads of bait and
2: which is why when you look in 2020 during COVID year when, they, when the elites on Bass had to reschedule the events, and you look, they went to Gunnersville in either September or October, and the weights you saw at Gunnersville were significantly less than when they went back, like, just six months later, when mm-hmm. they went back in the yep. sh- spring or early summer. I don't remember if it was an April or May event. And, you know, so the weights will, won't be as high in September as, you know, if, if they would have held this in the spring, but that adds a challenge, too, and it's a different type of fishing. It's in some ways, I want to say it's—well, it's. it's well, I think we'd agree it's more difficult to catch fish in the fall. So sure. if you can come yeah. out on top and still put together a—and with the fish being so spread out, if you can put together a good pattern or find the right schools, to me it's a little more impressive than than going to a lake in, like, May when they're definitely stacked up in massive schools. Yeah. I And there's a reason why
0: these national-level circuits, like, put on these events at the times and locations that they do. It makes for good television— it's, going to get, it's not going to guarantee, but it's, you're going to have a, the probability of catching a good sack is way better than it is in the fall time, mm-hmm. right? That's just the reality. Exactly. So so that's our stop number five. And that's what we, we have. That's all we know for now. That's all we know. So, Stop six and stop seven. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll all give our predictions on where we think six and seven are going to be.
0: All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: So we just took a second and pulled up the schedule again to, to double check. And it looks like MPFL just updated uh, their schedule. So actually, if you go online now, the dates will actually include all the practice periods. But stop six has been identified. It's now Lake Lanier in Georgia from the actual tournaments the twenty-six to twenty-eight October. I don't know how I feel about I like Lanier. It. It's a spotted bass like lake. It? I like it. I don't know. I'm not a... I get spotted bass lakes. They're they fun to catch.
1: Some giant spotted bass in Lake Lanier.
2: I like it. I mean, you got largies playing
0: majority of the role, and then you got a small tournament, and then now you got some spots. There, there
1: was just some pros filling some content for their rod company that had a. It was almost a twenty-two pound bag of just spots. Like yesterday.
2: I mean, that's that's good. <laughs>
1: If they're catching, I, I guess I just, twenty pound spot bags. I they, guess
2: I just remember people calling Lanier like the Dead Sea.
1: It's it's a lot different than what it used to be. The spots have, have really taken hold, and they're catching they're catching big ones. It's a hair. Uh, what is it? The blueback herring or whatever. Blueback herring yeah. lake.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a live scope lake. A so live scope. So, <laughs> lots of lots of really good top
1: water action on that lake too,
2: especially that time of year. But yeah, yeah. they're going to be.
1: I actually think that'll be a really fun one as a viewer. Yeah. Uh, And a fish, uh, because you're gonna have fall transition and and we know how those herring lace can be. If if you find the right school topwater baby smashing them top Top. water.
0: All right, so let's break this down real quick. So yes or no? Amistad, live scope. Yes or no? No. wright Patman, live scope. Maybe. Santee? Yes. Yes. Saginaw Bay.
2: Absolutely. Yes.
0: You follow Oklahoma.
2: It'll be a mixture. Mixture.
0: Lanier. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So we got the six stops broken down. Our assessment is it's a pretty good old, it's a pretty good uh, season for the MPFL twenty twenty three. Nice and spread out. They got they lowered their entry fees. You got one hundred and thirty anglers across the board. You got diversity in there with the different species of bass that they're going to be catching. Um, you got live coverage. Hundred thousand dollar championships or hundred thousand dollar winnings per event and a uh entry fee free championship which is still to be determined correct
1: yeah stop number seven championship so championship top 40 anglers and points make it no entry fee 250,000 to the winner i don't know what the total purse is on that one we i don't know that that's been announced but they did announce the 250,000 to the winner
0: it's a dot
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it is. I a mean, you're day. looking at
1: the classics. Three hundred thousand is what Christy won last year. So you're right. You're right there with uh, what everybody looks as the the top, you mm-hmm. know, level of professional bass fishing, which,
2: which is awesome. Yep. Especially for whoever wins that. I when we're looking at the schedule here, the la, the last the Lanier is the twenty sixth to twenty eighth October. Uh, let, let's be realistic. You know they haven't published the date for the championship, but it's got to be the first or second weekend in, in, in November, because then you start pushing to Thanksgiving, and I don't think they're going to do it. in, You know, holiday time, Christmas time. So it's either the first or second weekend of the month. I is it, do, what we, do, what if, what if they
0: what if they push the championship to next year? What if it's like the classic where their championship is in the early stages of twenty twenty four? I could see him doing
1: that. Yeah, I mean that's possible. And, and they but push it down
0: that, in like a Florida lake or something. Like I don't
1: know that, that they will because they need to guarantee the field's going to be sure. the same. Um, two things I want to know. Two things. Let's, First, let's hold it before we go. Let's assume it's going to be in November. Okay. We're going to get Trey's two points, but when he's done, we're going to talk about where we want to see them fish in November.
0: Oh, that was going to be one of them. Oh, I got
1: one. <laughs> so one. Where do we want to see them fish in November? True. And two, what is that?
0: What is that shield gonna look like? Giant. I mean, how do you get bigger than the regular, uh, you know, tournament shield that they have in the Aoi, the big gold shield? They like-
2: need like a full. Like- yeah, Light is it, shield. Like, is it going to be like Captain
0: America? It, like, is the angler going to be able to carry it on his arm? Or That'd her? be awesome
2: because you get the championship belt. Yeah, right with, with the Century Club, where they come in with an actual shield. That's right. That'd I be mean, awesome. The blue trophy, iconic. I'd mount that shield on the bow of the boat. Absolutely, yeah, for I, the next season, that would be. <laughs> you know, like a Viking ship. Exactly. Has, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. Uh, so where are The trophies,
1: to- though, iconic with the the blue. You know, elites. The red, uh, MLF is. Sort of like a similar shaped trophy. Yep. The MPFL set themselves apart with that big old shield. That they, they really did winners of events. I they think really it's did one of the cooler looking trophies out there for. Uh, that's something you see like a angler of the year win in your local club where they have the trophy they pass around
0: every year. That's right. Yeah, because we can't afford to keep buying them. No. <laughs> yeah, you get it. So where do we want to see them fish if in fact they fish at the tail end but before the holidays in twenty twenty three. What do you want to see them fish, Ben?
2: Well, before we name lakes, and Sharon we're keeping Harris. you guys less. Yeah, sheer hairs? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. That's a, that's a no for me. Um, but so we're assuming it's the first couple weeks in November, and they are on Lake Lanier the last weekend in October. Mm-hmm. So you think about travel and how far they can go. So, unfortunately, I think that probably eliminates a lot of the western places. At least for me, I don't think logistically they'll make that work, even though maybe I would love to see them go out west. But if I had to be realistic, December, I mean, November, honestly, I, I might take a cop out. I might say something like Okeechobee, because there is a chance that there'll be some spawning fish, which means, I mean, there's fish shallow all year in Okeechobee. It's a grass lake. It's probably the warmest water left in the country at that point. Um so I would probably lean something Florida that way because it the drive, it's not terrible from, from Georgia, assuming it's a quick turnaround. So yeah, that's what I probably have to go with is go to the big Oak. think
1: in the chain or just the lake itself.
2: I mean the chain. Isn't
1: Okeechobee part of the Kiss Me chain or no, no no. Well
2: I think I think a canal actually in the river actually you could technically go from one of the, but you're other. saying
1: they're just going to fish the waters of Okeechobee.
2: Yeah, because if to go up the, um, I've been a long time since I looked at the map because I, I, you know, I was curious to see how far you can go down some of those canals and rivers. But it's it's a long ways. You, I mean, I mean you can
0: see the lake from space. It's it's pretty it's big. <laughs> it's
1: pretty big. That'd be an interesting one. Okeechobee, absolutely. In November. Yeah. A little punching swim jig action.
0: The only thing I would think like what would potentially make it. Either really great or or not is at the tail end of hurricane season, right? Like hurricane season was it September, October, August, September, October?
2: Technically, it runs through November first.
0: November, yeah. right? So you you're you're running a gamble there, like down in Florida.
2: You are um, in Lanier too, though. I mean,
0: that's true. That's true. You
2: get
1: one that comes up through Florida that lake could be muddy and six feet high and change everything. If you if the right storm comes through, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but. I don't know that you can take that into account. Weather is part of fishing, right? True. Look true. at their tournament last year, and I don't remember for the Tennessee River or where they were, but Cumberland, got, Cumberland, were, that was it. Yeah. They got all that rain; it was like ten feet high, and
0: they canceled. I think it was a one-day
1: derby. They yeah, only they canceled one, one or two days, and yep. made it either a one or two-day derby. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so weather—you can't predict that. So, so
0: Ben calls Okeechobee, folks. Let us know what you think, Pete. What do you think? Going
2: from Georgia,
1: I'd l- <laughs> where I really want them to go, I'm with Ben. I don't think they'll go because just because of travel.
2: Where do you want them to go?
1: I'd want to see them like on the California Delta. I think it would be awesome.
2: That would be awesome. But so I'm gonna stick with the Delta, and I'm gonna say <laughs> Louisiana. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that cypress that, you,
1: trees and
2: that could be a, and it's I, been a while since I've seen one on the Delta. Yeah, but that would be you're still another, gonna have
1: warm water. Mm-hmm. Fish should be fat, feeding up. That one could be a lot of fun. Smaller tournament, so I know that Delta can get crowded down there, like the Atch- Atchafalaya. I know I didn't say that right, so go ahead and bash me on. <laughs> and, uh,
2: but 40 boats. I mean, you're 40 talking boats, 40 boats. So, yeah. yeah,
1: you're talking a local tournament on, in most places in the south, you know. So I, I think that'd be a good one. Go down there. It's going to fish similar to Florida minus the grass. Fish, you know, um, you got the uh, cypress trees and all that down there. So that could be a really good good place to go.
0: Right on. I'm gonna say, abandon the boats, go straight oh, north go. to Canada, jump on snow machines, and have an ice fishing tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> how crazy would that be that though? Would be right, something that would be something that would make for some uh, some weird TV. <laughs> yeah, that that would be like watching the grass grow. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, you, anywhere you go in the fall, I mean. I I guess it would be considered fall down in Florida, but anywhere you go, you're going to be challenged. Um, I would really like to see them go to, uh, you know, you talked about it earlier, like go up into the Missouri area. Do you think it'd be too cold to fish like bull shoals?
2: No, it would not be too cold. We keep saying weather plays everything. So last year, I believe it was last year, when Johnny Morris, Bash Pro had their big
0: million dollar deal. million dollar event, oh, right yeah, they had yep. the
2: qualifying ones and the million dollar one I think was in Table Rock in November but in October was like the open like your last chance and that was on Bull Shoals I would love to see them to go to Bull Shoals uh, you know typically when you see the major tournaments go to Missouri you see uh, Table Rock and that's because of the infrastructure there at Branson um and then or or Lake of the Ozarks uh, I forget which tour is going there this year will we get a tour going there this year. Uh, I personally, it's nostalgic. My grandma lives five minutes from the boat ramp in, in, in Bull Shoals. I love it. it. It's still the biggest bass in Missouri. I think has come out of that lake. Oh, really? And it's uh, it's a phenomenal lake. It would it will challenge anglers, especially because it could be super clear in, in high water and deep. And it, it's the it's the last lake in the White River chain, so it it fluctuates the most. It holds the water um, and super clear. But it would it would be a fun. Uh, fun event. It, another way they could do that is that this is still a three-day event, right? The championship? I, I believe so. From yeah. from yeah. what we know. I, I forget when it was. But it's been 15, 20 years maybe. I never watched it live, but I, I've watched it. You're not it. that old. No, I'm <laughs> I'm 22. I'll be 22 <laughs> the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I've watched it on, on YouTube, you know how Bass posted. The, one year yeah. they did... A tournament um, at Bull Shoals, they did like two days there, and then the next two days, or the championship day, they went over the Norfolk Lake, which is about 45 minutes east, right? Uh, in very, you know, similar, right? Part of the country, very close, um, but the conditions were, were quite a bit different because the other lake, Norfolk, was a lot more muddy, right? Stained. So, you know, you got that scenario there, too, that you could right? The, all those lakes are so close on that chain that you could, you know, have multiple lake event. So and I'm going gonna,
0: I'm gonna to just show North Carolina some love here. And, and we all know how Jordan Lake is on November, in November. Uh, we talked about it in an episode before or two. Which rule would you, would you get rid of? Like if, if the MPFL got rid of uh, the rule saying you can't use Alabama rigs and you brought that to North Carolina in November... You'd see some sacks caught out of Jordan Lake, right? Um, It's a challenge here, definitely in in November, December time frame. But, I mean, if they don't go to Missouri, I'd like to see them go somewhere different than other places. I mean, they're already going at different times of the year, so that's awesome as it is. But, you know, anywhere Georgia...
1: I got got one for you. Yeah. Semi-local. It's been fishing really, really good. The river? Smith Mountain Lake. Smith Mountain Lake. Yeah. Isn't the BFL's...
0: uh, and, and opens. Don't they hit Smith mm-hmm. Mountain? No? It's been a long time since any tournament. That's Virginia, there. right?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's been three or four years. Since. So it's
1: local 25, 20 pounds to win in a day.
0: I mean, with 40 boats, though, even even the Roanoke, man.
1: The the problem with somewhere like that is there's it's, there's just no logistical way to make it work. There's nowhere yeah. big enough to hold a weight and even a drive through way in. There's no big enough ramps. There's nowhere yeah. for anglers to stay, like... That's one of the things. Like, there's a lot of places I'd really like to see a major event at. That just they couldn't do it. They can't facilitate it because they it. don't. Yeah. What it's become? There's no way to facilitate. Yeah. Especially if you look at like the elites or the opens, and you've got, yeah. you're talking about hundred plus anglers plus support staff plus all the the moving pieces, lodging, the, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Keep in
2: mind, but MPFL is a lot smaller organization, and they don't have right. It's a championship 40 anglers, so they have a lot of flexibility where they could go. I, Let's just keep it in North Carolina. Like, there's a lot of good lakes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about Jordan's an option. You got Norman here. Sutton. You,
1: Mm-mm. Could they do it? No. <laughs> it's
0: a so
2: little small. No. Little small. No. <laughs> um, you know, of course, you got the rivers. You get Roanoke, and you can go. You Wilming got the Yadkin Chainery. You got all the Yadkin Chain. High Rock, get another High event. Rock, you got Lake James. Yeah. High Rock used to have the classic, yeah. right? It's all supported. You can even go to Bugs Island or Gaston. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of options. I mean. I'd love him to come locally, because then we can go, go check it out. Come
0: to Bug, come to Bugs Island MPFL. Uh, I think you'll be.
2: Yeah, I want to see eight
1: pounds over three days. A
2: <laughs> no, come to Jordan. I want to see forty pounds. Yeah, that's on one day, on one maybe. day
1: potentially. That but you gotta,
2: <laughs> you gotta let them use the Alabama ring. No, I'm just kidding. That that is true. You'd have to let them use it, the Alabama. Yeah, rig. it makes a big
0: difference. I, you're right, though. I mean, if if you listen to um. Low budget live, I'll I'll plug him in here. Like he, uh, Luke Duncan talks about, like, they don't really have a huge staff that runs that tournament circuit. So, logistically speaking, like, they might be able to facilitate a lot of other places that some of the other national circuits can't go to. And especially with a championship event with 40 boats over a three day period, I think that they can diversify a lot better than some of the other circuits can.
1: My whole thing on it now, like, yeah, the last two years. But they're going to make a leap this year with a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars. You're going to have, you're going to start seeing sponsors sending support teams. You know, like the if you go to an elite event or something like that, Lawrence, Humminbird, they all have a trailer full of parts, yep. and Mercury has technicians yep. there, and Yamaha with a hundred thousand dollars on the line. Those guys that are fishing for those, those organizations are going to start requesting that stuff. And I hope they so do. So now you know those numbers are going through. You're talking one hundred twenty-five anglers with needing somewhere to stay you still have a staff Mm -hmm. it might only be 10 people then you have 10 cameramen Mm -hmm. and you have wives you have friends you have family you have support like i was talking about anglers quickly you get too big to where somewhere like jordan you know a 40 angler maybe you know they do it with the heavy hitters they're able to do but there's no way in so now you're talking where can you hold the drive-through way in so now you've got to rent a facility to be able
2: to set your stage up because you don't want to do it outside of November, pretty much no matter where you're at in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> you don't know; it could be rain. It's going to be cold. You know, thinking in some of the maybe off the wall lakes and all. I mean, there's this is down in Florida, but there's I don't know if headwaters would work. But you know, even like the the, the Winter Haven chain. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of lakes and and it's not big water, but with but such a small field and. All the canals that run in between. I mean, that's another option there, I too. thought
1: Headwaters, but the 25-mile-an-hour speed limit, I think, would shut shut a lot of that off.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: That's tough.
0: I didn't know they had that restriction on Yeah, 25-mile-an-hour. That's like Lake Randleman here. Yep. Okay. Well, they got something good going for them. Um, ben, I think we talked about this before, and I think Pete may have asked you the question. From a business owner's perspective... From the three different national level circuits, if you were to, to to invest into one of those companies, who would you invest into and why?
2: You're talking about an angler? Like, which angler?
0: Like, when you look at, you know, from the one-cast fishing perspective and looking to support one of the national level circuits, like, what would your...
1: Yeah, but what are you, you y- saying sponsor the tour or sponsor an angler? Sponsor.
0: What'd you ask him last time? Sponsor the angler or sponsor? Yeah, for? where
1: where would your money be?
0: Where would your be? money be
1: spent as an angler to mm-hmm. to an angler? Right now.
2: So there's there's two f- ways to frame this question. Is that one, I have the same angler who can go to any of them, right? Right. Which one would I pick? Or if I have an angler. Uh, a potential angler from each of the 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 major tours which one would i pick and in that scenario right that's going to come down to the individual angler and where i think his he or hers performance could be and basically you know how much they do media and how much they can write all the business stuff right which one is a is a better person to work with business wise because it fits what we're trying to do but i think what you're asking is if i had that ideal Angler as a candidate, if I could choose which tour I want them on, I mean it's it's going to be the elites. If I had to choose one, mm-hmm. um, I think the better question is uh, because the MPFL is basically right now, as of recording, the application is still open. So, do I? The more interesting question is that angler can you know fish the. Maybe the Invitational Series for MLF. Uh, he's fishing all nine opens, or the MPFL. That one is a much more difficult question, and I am I would lean towards the MPFL because look, the payouts are more. It's going to get more visibility. I think there's the way they have it set up and planned. There's going to be more content creation and TV on the MPFL. Mm-hmm. And I say TV, I mean like streaming on YouTube or on their website, etc. Compared to the opens even with the EQ, with the elite qualifiers, even with the invitational. So from a business perspective, if I'm choosing between those and the NPFL, I'm going to go NPFL. But yeah. the holy grail to me, and again, this is all my, you know, this is still my, pers- some of my personal bias, but the coverage you get as an elite series angler, it, it, right, and, We all know the Classic is so big, and yes, that's an individual event, but with the expo, right, and that angler's able to come to your expo because, yeah, you're sponsoring him and he's working for you during that event, assuming he's not fishing or fishing the final day of the Classic, right? Hopefully he is. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I (laughs) mean, ideally he is, and he's not in the booth, right, because he's going to go win with the Snaggler's Jigs. Let me tell you, as somebody who's worked Classics
1: with anglers on staff who haven't made the final day, you don't want them in your booth. <laughs> not not, not very not fun to be great, around. There. They are not in great moods on championship. Yeah, yeah. Day when They didn't make the cut.
2: Sure, I get that. yeah.
0: Buy the snagless jig, whatever. Yeah. So let me...
2: <laughs> I want an angler who's not who didn't qualify but still has to be there, right? Uh, so uh, that's kind of how it would come down to it, if, if that makes sense. Hopefully that answers the
0: No, it does really. make sense. And I think the, the point is, though, is... The MPFL has just created more options, yeah. right? There's a lot of options out there between the opens, the elite qualifiers, the invitationals, the BFLs, the elite series. You name it. I mean, the fishing industry has exploded, and it, and it's, you know, in a, in a positive aspect, it's created opportunities, and, and that's and that's something to uh, you know give them a lot of. Uh, uh, accolades on is, is how much we've created opportunities, not only for anglers, but for business owners, for viewers, for everybody. And that's what we're trying to do here on the one cast is create more opportunities, um, for, for the viewers to cast their questions at us, for us to talk amongst ourselves and, and bounce ideas off each other and make the industry better and continue to innovate and, uh, and sometimes bring old school back too, which, uh, you know, that I think that's important too. Let's not mm-hmm. forget history. So, um, but yeah, that, that's that's great, Ben. I appreciate you uh kind of jumping into that. Um I think we ran down the MPFL. Pete, you got anything on the MPFL?
1: Not on the MPFL, no. Okay. Nope. I think it's uh a good time to say just be respectful of each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we have takes that are gonna be hot takes that you might not agree with every day on the internet, Facebook. It's always a constant fight. Look, we're all out here doing the same thing. We're anglers. The three of us are a bunch of nobodies and we'll admit it. We're a bunch of local anglers that are having fun. We just wanted to talk about fishing and get it out there. Hopefully we can entertain you all a little bit. But if you join our groups and stuff and, and you're having conversations, you know, you can have those debates, but be civil about it. Uh, and that goes for anything you do online or anywhere. And I can tell you as somebody who uh, manages the ambassadorship for, for one cast fishing for Ben, uh, who's helped with other companies, pick people who, who get on staff uh, whether it be pro staff or actual sponsorship deals, we look at that stuff. Like, I am running your name down. And if I see you MFing people and things and telling them their opinion stupid and blah, 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 you're not somebody that many companies are going to want to work with. And I'm not saying PC culture and all that's the way to go. What I'm saying is, for Ben as a business owner, if he's going to invest in somebody, he wants somebody that's a professional, that's helpful. Think about all that stuff with the way you carry yourself online and in person. Uh, I know we'll probably get some some comments about people asking how, well, how can I how can I get one cast? I'm an aspiring angler, blah, blah, blah. Number one, act right. Yep. And I, I, I hate to get on that soapbox, but it's just, it's so frustrating when somebody comes in and says, hey, I've only been fishing for a year. I want to try this. What do you recommend? And everybody says, oh, well, we recommend you do something else. Figure okay. it out. Man, help that person out. You don't have to give them a waypoint. That's right. But you can tell them what kind of line you might throw with a Texas rig or a jig or what, you know, what you look for in a particular body of water or, w- or whatever it is. You know, and I you know, I've learned a lot and have it asked because it's not my style. My style is not to go and ask, you know, when I came down here four years ago, where can I catch fish on Jordan?
0: Where can I catch I your fish fish? I went grinding
1: <laughs> and I figured it out. Yep. And that's me. But some people are gonna ask. Don't be afraid to say, hey, look for brush piles offshore. That's all you need to tell them. And they can go and figure it out on their own. But just be respectful to each other. We're all anglers. We're all doing the same thing. You see it, man, and that's one of the one of the things I like most about the industry. And you guys got to see it at iCast. We'll get to see it at the classic. Any any show or event that you go to. These professionals across whatever they fish, all treat each other extremely respectfully. Whether mm-hmm. they like each other or not, you know, they're always gonna have people you do and don't like. But they shake each other's hands, they talk. You don't hear a bunch of a back talk about people behind their back because they know how hard it is and they know that we're all out here doing the same thing. So I just I saw some stuff the other day and wanted to use what little platform we have to say. <laughs> just hey, uh, it, just try to be respectful of each other, man. Yeah, we're all fishermen.
2: We've all seen the trolls in the comments. And 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 look, sometimes we have some hot takes that we know we're gonna get some oh, yeah. trolls on, but live scope. Uh you start talking life scope, Amen. and then you get that to be yeah. <clears throat>
0: no co anglers, no yeah,
2: yeah yeah. But it's just, Pete. Sum it up. Just be a good person. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, that's the beauty of the of what we're doing is we can create dialogue. So please create dialogue with us. Throw those comments in, in, uh, in the section. Hit us up on any of the social media platforms. Bounce your ideas off of us. That's what this is all about is creating dialogue, creating engagement, hopefully giving you some amazing content to listen to. And, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for us to, uh, to, to spread the good word of the industry. So, hey, yeah. preci- go ahead,
1: Pete. Just if you're listening to us on iTunes or whatever it is now, uh, Apple Podcast, I don't even know what they call it anymore, but throw us a review, good, bad, or indifferent. It helps us get better. That's right. So if you can take a couple minutes, just let us know what you think, what you think we can do better, what you'd like to see. You know, we have plans for the future. We're kind of, these these first five or so episodes are kind of scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting you all ready, kind of up to date on what's coming. Our plan for uh, for our other shows, I think you all are really going to like. But if there's stuff you want to see or hear or whatever, just just leave us a, a review or a comment about it. Absolutely. You guys will
0: see us at the Classic. Be sure to stop by at the OneCast Fishing booth we will have de- episodes leading up to that, but come check us out. And uh, we've been more than happy to uh, sell you a snagless jig. Yeah. Ben, you want to close us out?
2: Just play that dope music. That's a good one.
1: That's a good one. Oh, my God, it's a toad. Huh?
2: It's <laughs> a f- tobe, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day.